Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash being boss. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson. And in this episode, I'm joined by Monique Shields for a conversation on tapping into your vision for work and life and taking the first steps to making your vision your reality. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to this show and share us with a friend. Sometimes seeing someone else's path to success helps us clearly map out our own. It's why we all like a business podcasts, right? Well, I'm here to share a show for you to check out the Female Startup Club podcast, an amazing resource that shares insights and learnings from the world's most successful female founders, entrepreneurs, and women in business. In a recent episode, I loved hearing about how Michelle Grant, the founder of Lively, the lingerie and swimwear brand built and sold her company for $105 million in just three years. Total boss move. So if you're looking for a new pod to inspire your next steps, listen to the Female Startup Club podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Monique Shields is an executive coach and entrepreneur who is committed to liberating the professional imaginations and bank accounts of women of color. She is the founder of Seven Pines Leadership, a private coaching company that focuses on helping women business owners, founders, and C-suite leaders better navigate the identity evolution, time and energy optimization, and bold visibility required to lead with authenticity, balance, and confidence. She's also the creator of the Corporate Exit Accelerator, Compelled, which specifically focuses on helping moms and women of color exit six-figure corporate jobs and launch their first service-based business without compromising financial stability. Monique, welcome to Being Boss. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a fun conversation. I just know it. I agree. This topic is one for me that I feel like we have we have in the Being Boss community often. I think this is the perfect time of year for it, if anyone is listening to this as it's coming out. But before we dive into, into the things we're here to talk about, I want to know more about you, and I want to share more about what you do with, with our audience. So let's start with you sharing with us your entrepreneurial journey. I would love to know how it is that you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> my entrepreneurial journey, I, I technically say started when I became a mom. Uh, because uh, new urgency <laughs> to go and do things my way um, arose as soon as I had my, my baby girl. But I'll rewind a little bit and just kind of tell like a little bit more of the winding story <laughs> as to how, how I got there. So I've been an empro- employee my entire life, my entire adult life. 
And, uh, you know, my 20s, I found myself at investment banks and asset management firm at one point, working in the back office, seeking shelter. I was a lost English major, didn't know what I wanted to do. And I need to pay off those student loans. <laughs> so that's what I did. But it was very much a job. They were very much jobs. And so I did some moonlighting to, to find things I was more passionate about. And uh, one of those things happened to be diversity coaching for uh, a virtual recruiting organization that helped MBAs of diverse backgrounds land jobs in finance and consulting. So it was, it was this really unique experience. And it gave me an opportunity to, to really understand, A, well, like, what would it be like to be a coach uh, in some capacity and to work with people that I really cared about. Like I really cared about the outcomes for these students and helping them, you know, hit campus uh, into a really intense experience as MBAs and uh, sort of wayfind um, their way into their careers. Uh, but I loved really when I got to move past, uh, you know, the things that you're talking to MBAs about, like resume and things like that, more into like the vision for their lives and like, you know, the greater, uh, the greater path here. And so, um, so that I took that learning and, you know, I also happened to get married <laughs> heading into my thirties and I had this chance to start everything over. My husband and I moved from our tiny, teeny, tiny apartment in New York, uh, to a slightly larger, <laughs> slightly larger apartment, uh, in the, in the Bay area. So, you know, uh, found my way here and committed myself really to finding work that mattered to me, finding work that. I felt connected to. And lo and behold, there was this startup. It was a mental health startup that was looking for someone to help them build a coaching team for their digital coaching <laughs> process, their uh, digital coaching program. And um, so I, I got that job. I was employee number seven at this startup, and it was as close to entrepreneurship as I, I had ever gotten. And so through that experience, you know, I was promoted really, really quickly up through the ranks. I ended up becoming the director of coaching. And at one point, I was the director of partnerships. So I was like client facing and out and selling and traveling and all these things. I, I the stretch, the growth was astronomical. Um, and this is where uh, you know baby girl comes into play. So I have I have this this tiny person, and though this job is stretching me and growing me, it's it's startup life. It's like full on figuring things out every single day. Um, and a lot of push. And I was like, you know what? I've been doing this coaching thing. I've been building coaching teams. I've been uh, focused on, you know, with a mission oriented company that I really believe in. I, I mean, I actually loved it. Like a lot of people, I think, escaped corporate because it was, it was just like horrible. <laughs> and this experience was not that, but it had taught me that A, I can do things crappy. I can build. Um, and, uh, and B, I know what I love and it's coaching. And so from uh, that point forward, I had already sort of um, done work on my training in terms of becoming certified as a coach from a really reputable organization. And and uh, I took the leap. I took the leap. And it's been a couple of, well, I guess it's been almost three years. That is crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> 2020 just kind of dropped off the map. I yep. can't tell timelines anymore. It's a black um, hole in our existence. <laughs> a complete black, black hole. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I took that leap and I started my private executive coaching practice. And from there, um, I built um, uh, a program that I, that I, that I lead uh, as well. It's for group coaching for moms of color who are trying to make corporate exits. And um, yeah, and so I do what I love every single day. And it's amazing. Oh, that is such a wonderful story. We always love windy stories. So I appreciate <laughs> you giving us the full scope for sure. I feel like every successful entrepreneur slash creative didn't just like start doing the thing. 
right? Yeah. We have to go through these amazing winding journeys. And I love that yours is more of that corporate background because I do know there's a large portion of our audience who, you know, I started working for myself immediately out of college. I, mm. I never got a big girl job. <laughs> that never happened. So it's something that like I can't necessarily relate to, but I know so many of our bosses have had that experience. And I love that yours is also one where you aren't like pushed out or like left keep kicking and screaming or anything, but it was something that you really enjoyed, but still just felt called to do the thing. And I'm wondering, I feel like this may be a good place to sort of ask this question. A lot of people who have corporate jobs who love them have a hard time justifying the desire to leave them. I'm wondering how you, what was that process like for you? Oh yeah. It, and it's so funny that you, you bring it up in this way because that's exactly it. It's, it's much easier when it's just like, I'm throwing up the middle fingers. I'm out of this place. You know, <laughs> like yeah. this place is horrible. I can't stand it. And when it's not so cut and dry and it's like, Ooh, I kind of really love this team. I kind of really enjoy this work. I kind of. And so for me, I think it boiled down to, um, which connects nicely, I think to our, our, our topic today was of, of the broader vision. Yeah. And I had given myself some space and a chance to actually connect with what mattered more to me outside of just the work. And it was really the experience of my time. <laughs> that was number one. And, and, and as long as you're employed, it doesn't matter how great the company is, how great the team is. As long as you're employed by someone else, you're, you're on someone else's time. And I had a lot of flexibility too. That's another thing I hear oftentimes when I'm talking to um, my clients and our folks who are, are looking to maybe work with me is, well, they like, they let me do kind of basically what I want to do. Like I already have a lot of flexibility, and and I think it's us um, raising the bar on what we think is possible for us in terms of you know how we define things like freedom. But I think that's that was honestly it. Like my time, and I also think specifically also about my energy. Um, and how I'm able to direct my energy and what I feel energetically connected to and just the flows. Of my, I mean, I, it's so funny. Now I look at my calendar, which is, you know, I still have a robust and dynamic calendar <laughs> today. But Great it's, words for that. I love it. <laughs> yes. We're, we're not, you know, we're not going to do busy. Um, and and, and it's, so it's not like I'm not doing anything now that I'm an entrepreneur. Um, but yeah, but my energy is directed and just the flow of it. it it's according to my rhythms and to, um, yeah, literally my energetic state uh, and me and my knowing about like, Oh, how I function best on a Monday morning, how I function best on a Thursday afternoon. And, um, and again, it, it connecting to a much bigger sense of, um, my life and the lifestyle that I wanted. And, um, yeah, the feeling I wanted to have day to day that was not just about the day to day duties of work and the people that I work with, you know, there, um, Yeah. Oh, it sounds like there was this really powerful, and maybe not a shift, maybe a recognition of what you wanted to put in place of value and priority, right? Um, of really sort of having that control over what it is that you were doing and having um, <laughs> liberating yourself. It sounds like really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, wonderful. Totally. Perfect. Okay. So you did bring this up. And I do want to dive into this because I am 
very excited to have this conversation with you about vision. And it sounds like you very much so have prioritized your vision. Um, It's something that you are teaching and sharing. And it's something that, and I'll say in the boss community at large, like larger audience, but also in the being boss community, we talk about vision a lot. And I'll say that creatives often struggle with vision because they're very, they tend to be very much so into what they're creating right now or what inspiration they're getting. And a little freaked out about this idea of committing to a vision, right? Because you never know what can come up and you want to stay open and flexible and go with the wind. Or if you guys could see me, I'm like moving like crazy over here. Um, (laughs) So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I think we're going to dive really deep into some good things and do some good work around visioning for creatives. But to begin, what is vision and why do we need one? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to begin my definition with where I believe vision is not and what I think we mistake it for. So Perfect. I love that you brought up this like this fear of commitment to this like in state final destination kind of thing, which is it's kind of how we've been trained to think about vision um, as that it's, it's a plan towards this defined future. And that's terrifying. Like who wants to, <laughs> you know, like if it's just, and it's like a defined set of activities and it's, it's like this final in state and it's so concrete and that's not what vision is. It's not a plan towards a fixed future. I think of vision as actually being a lot more present Um, and active. And really, it's about your connecting with your ability to imagine and to then also just connect with with what's true inside of you right now, today. So um, yeah, and I'll share a little bit more about that. Um, But yeah, it's it's this anchor, I think, to ourselves. I think that, uh, and it's incredibly important if we ask, you know, why do we need one is because, you know, you are the anchor for your business. You must be anchored to yourself and to your vision. So if, if you're not anchored to your vision, neither is your business. And so um, I also think that vision is most effective or, you know, in terms of like how we are being with it, if it, if it almost exists on like a spiritual level and, um, and you just understand that it's not something that you have to create or build or find, you just have to acknowledge it and embrace it and permit it to be because it's already there. I cannot tell you how many conversations I have with clients who are so excited to begin this work and to, you know, you know, set this path for their business. And this is not to say that plans are not important. They're incredibly important. <laughs> they're just, it's just a different thing. We get into these early conversations and they're like, okay, like we need to, I need to set this vision. I've got to find my vision. And I'll, we'll have a brief 30 minute conversation with a few questions and then just the space to give themselves permission to just tell the truth. They'll tell the truth of not just what they want, but also who they are. And it's like, yep, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Now you've permitted yourself to actually embrace it. And now we can play and now we can test and now we can, you know, create from this place of vision. But it is it is present. It is here. It is with us. And I'm having actually to share a little bit of a story about this because um, this became a really apparent to me um, in my early days <laughs> coaching. I had a private coaching session as a part of my training years ago. And, um, I had this, I had this visualization, um, I was being walked through this visualization of myself and it wasn't even like a necessarily a future self state, you know, coaching, this is like a thing that is very common to kind of visit a future self. Um, but it was, it became bigger than that. I honestly don't know like what magic was happening to me in the moment, but all that mattered is that I landed on, and I can close my eyes literally right now. 
and landed on this moment in time. And it's like, it's the, it lives in this like mythical land in my head, but this moment in time where I am on this carpet and it's kind of like this like Persian, like it's very specific <laughs> carpet that I don't currently own, but it's just this thing. And I'm on the carpet and I'm playing with my babies. I have two kids. I only have one child right now. I don't know if I'm going to have a second one, but it's just the energy of it was there. I'm playing with my babies on the floor and my laptop is sitting on this sofa and it's cracked open. And all I can hear is ka-ching, ka-ching, like, um, like the Stripe account, like money yeah. is coming in. And that's my vision. <laughs> and so you know, when you say things like, um, you know, we can have this fear of committing to a vision and, a pl- and it's, there's nothing hard about committing to that. There's nothing really to commit to. It is like this fuller expression of my desire, of my being, of my values and um, energetically who I want to be and how I want to be. And so I can almost gut check myself in terms of the activities I choose to take part in today and how they connect with, is this leading me towards being on the floor with my babies while my, while my laptop is going off with, you know, payments coming in. So um, I think it's about what's possible in you, not just what's possible for you. Oh, and I love that you don't need Pinterest boards and magazines to make this happen. <laughs> no, no, I love a good vision board. We can play, you know, we should, <laughs> if, it su- if it suits you. For sure. Yeah. Oh, that is, I found that description so settling and calming. Maybe it's just your voice, which I'll say is also just very settling and calming. So thank you for just speaking to me. Um, but I think... I think also that takes or seeing vision through that lens takes off so much weight around being sure that you very specifically define, you know, who you want to be when you're 65, right? What that person is wearing, where they are, like all these things that usually these visioning things will require you to do. What and I'm thinking specifically what you're business looks like. Like I can imagine myself. I've had done similar visualizations. I'm wearing a muumu <laughs> walking through a beautiful beach house, right? I can hear the waves. My grandkids just left. <laughs> They're not here now, but they just left. <laughs> and it's quiet and fantastic and for me like that's my vision. But whenever it comes to defining vision for my business, that's mm-hmm. one where things can get a little can get a little wonky. And I think that a lot of creatives um, share that with me. So I'm wondering, you just gave such a centering and calming idea of vision for yourself. What Mm -hmm. does this look like then for what it is that you're building? Yeah. So I tend to, I think, again, I believe that like one of the easiest ways to access vision is through just tapping into what pleases you and what you, and, and what pleases your imagination, what ignites it. And so the same principles can be applied to what this looks like through your business and who you serve, I think can be, especially for, I know you have a lot of um, mission oriented bosses listening in and thinking about the impact of, uh, and, and the experience of, of you or your work that the person on the, on the receiving end gets to have. And again, taking yourself to that place. Taking yourself and, and just and us making sure that we are not discounting um, who 
what we are, I guess, and from our business's standpoint, what our business gets to stand for and what our business gets to represent and is and symbolic of and embodies and emits and like the qualities thereof. And it's just not it not being about the plan just yet. Let it be about the experience. Let it be about the impact, you know, somebody holding your work, somebody um, and who that person is and what they get to what they would say about you, how they would experience um your work or your service and, and letting that be enough. And and then also again, checking back in with yourself. Cause I, I do, I don't really see a ton of a, a separation between the personal and the business. Honestly, like my laptop is going off on that couch, making me money that informs how my business should be built. There's something in that, 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 that gives me spaciousness with how I design what happens operationally for my business and how I'm experiencing it on the back end as well. And I think that you making sure that these things are sort of intertwined, but that the full experience of it, because um, I know also like there's a sense that I have of where those dollars are coming from and who I'm serving. And it's not just like this like <laughs> thing that's totally out in the mist and that this is one piece. This is one tiny visualization. I have several that I can sort of energetically reference, but these are the drivers. And I think that we as entrepreneurs um, uh, oftentimes don't want to give ourselves the space to slow down and not be in the doing and the um, execution of the things and to, and to be away from the plan for just a moment to just be in the imagination of it. And that's enough. When it comes to growing your business, integrating the right tools at the right time to help you get the job done can be tricky, but the HubSpot CRM platform is a tool that can take the headache out of scaling your business and it will continue to grow with you. But don't just take it from me. I understand the value of bosses sharing what's worked for them along their entrepreneurial journey. That's why today I'm bringing you the experience of a real boss using HubSpot to take her business to the next level. My name is Kim Dow, and I'm the owner and publisher of SAS Magazine, a Bean Boss podcast fan and HubSpot CRM customer. So for our business running a magazine, we have three very different lists. Each of those audiences have very different interests and different goals. HubSpot allows us to create segmented and targeted lists to ensure that we're communicating and marketing to each audience group very effectively. And using HubSpot has played a huge role in helping to increase our open and click rates and to ensure that our readers stay subscribed to our e-newsletters. We love all of the features of HubSpot and we've really been using it this past year to help grow our business. Throughout the holidays and into 2022, We'll be using HubSpot to set up more automation, such as chat flows and more list building tools. This will allow us to become more productive and more efficient in our time and our workflow. This is Kim Dow from SAS Magazine, and my HubSpot CRM platform helps my business stay connected. Learn more about how it can do the same for yours at HubSpot.com. Then I would love to... I'd love to go into the practicality of this because you just mentioned like, you know, getting in there, feeling it, creating these visions for yourself. But I, what does it actually look like to sit down and <laughs> access this mm-hmm. vision um, to garner from it the details you need that inform your actions now and otherwise like capture and move forward? Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
Are we game for a little exercise right Always. Now? Okay, excellent. So again, this is not about building a plan. It's not about the roadmap. There's nothing to project manage yet. We are just <laughs> tapping in and getting intentional. Yep. And just creating a little bit of space for self-contact, which can be the most terrifying thing to do. But yeah. it's absolutely required. So as a little micro example, again, as I said, these are pieces. This is like putting the puzzle together, right? Um, but I, if I said, you know, for you, hey, whoever's listening right now, <laughs> you absolutely talking to you right now. If you can stop and trust that for maybe the next 60 seconds or so, um, that you can just be with yourself and follow my voice and just take a few deep nourishing breaths, maybe two, maybe three, but just getting into your body right now. It won't keep you here long. And recall a beautifully exceptional memory that you have. Something that is, that stands out immediately. Don't question it. Whatever the first thing is that comes to mind. Doesn't be the most beautiful. And allow yourself to breathe life into that memory and just go to that place. One where you felt alive. And I think that tying this to your work, if that feels supportive, where have you felt most alive in your work? Where have you felt most alive in your business? Go to that memory. Could be last week. Could be years ago when you were a student or something. Doesn't matter. Just see it, hear it, smell it, taste it for one indulgent moment. And notice one quality of that memory that feels the most warm, that feels the most delicious. And then name what part of you has come alive or just feels good or pleased. Could be the part of me that's come alive is playful or adventurous or the part of me that doesn't give a fuck or the part of me that's sensual or the part of me that's free spirited. Just name it. And then open your eyes and ask yourself, standing here, sitting right where you are right now, where am I not permitting myself or my business to be that thing? That's an incredibly important first clue. So I'll pause. <laughs> I'm going to take a note. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in the in the in the day to day life that we're living, we can just feel like such puzzles to ourselves, and I think we can really um, create this whole vision thing out out to be something much bigger and more complex than it is. And it's just because you know we're just moving. If you get still and, and permit it, there are these pieces that are so clear, and they add meaning and purpose and direction. There you go. I hope everyone, I hope everyone just saw and felt something amazing. And if you didn't, feel free to rewind. <sighs> Try it again. If you were driving in the car, take a moment. Yes. <laughs> um, make some time later, whatever it may be. Because even, even as I'm still engaged here, I caught some good glimpses of some things and had some nice little inklings um, that I super appreciate you helping me, um, you helping me access. Which then takes me to sort of next step. So we have this idea of what this vision, the thing, the things that we want to feel into, the things that are maybe glimpses of like 
actual things we need to do based on where we are or what we're doing or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. What does it then mean to start moving that vision into how you're showing up and what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have this vision, right? (laughs) And we, again, we played with a tiny piece of it today, but you spend more time with this and it becomes alive and real. And it's like, oh, wow. The thing that we don't always count on is it becomes confronting. And then it's like, oh, well, that's scary. That's, uh, can I have that? Is that real? Can I trust this? Like all of that stuff starts to come up, right? The inner imposter, all of the, like the craziness. And so I just want to say as step one, in terms of like, how do I make this thing come to life now? Is that I just want us to anticipate that there's going to be typically some resistance um, and some fear and that that is okay. Just as a reminder that that is okay. And that there's actually some really important information there. Um, I also want to interject here that for bosses, I know also from experience, not only like, do you maybe, but you almost definitely do. There's some really big fraudy feelings. So know that if you do, you're not wrong. (laughs) You're just normal. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely normal. (laughs) Right? So uh, so I just want to say creatives, man. (laughs) (laughs) They can really get in their head about things. So I just want to say if anyone does have any fraudy feelings or, you know, feeling some of that imposter situation, um, know that 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 is normal, especially for or sort of big or like relatively abstract visions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, the dreaded imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it is important to just to to uh, anticipate that and accept that and embrace that as well because there, there's learning there and it's okay. It's just your body trying to keep yourself safe. Okay, so moving through some of those feelings and 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 feeling like okay, now I'm ready to build. This is the thing that is also really really simple. <laughs> The first thing that we do, we need to do, and it's often times, I think especially maybe for creatives, because I work with a lot of creatives as well, um, is to, all right, we have this instinct to like hunker down, shutter ourselves in and begin building all alone. The first thing you really need to do is share. It needs to leave your body. It needs to leave your mind. It needs to be vocalized, verbalized somewhere out in the world. It has to go out because the vision will begin to create itself if you put it to work, which means put it out there for others to bounce themselves off of. So to be clear, like know know where you are with it and how precious and, you know, maybe how tender it is, you know, depending on where you are with it in terms of who the audience needs to be. But if it's like, I'm just kind of fighting the fear of like anyone seeing this because like it's exciting and thrilling and terrifying to me and there's not anything really specific or, um, uh, or anything that actually needs to be remained confidential to, you know, for the, for your business sake, put it out there, put it out there. And I always tell my clients too, if it's just like, I don't know you know, where to put this yet. Like talk to your neighbor. You, I would, you would be surprised how often, uh, we're just not sharing with the people closest to us, the things that are biggest in us that are moving and trying to take shape. And they, that's who you can start with immediately today. Who lives in your house with you? Who who's already in your village or community? If you belong to like a creative community as well or other an entrepreneurial community, put it out there. Find someone to begin dis- discussing this with because that momentum begins to build. And the thing is, like you know, again, I know we're talking to a lot of creatives and and folks who are just building things um, and trying to do things new. You'll 
your instincts just need some space to kick in. Like, you know how to create things. That's not the issue. It's never like, well, then how do I work a plan? You know how to work a plan. You know how to test things out and try things out and, and make things happen. And, you know, one of the things that's really beautiful about beginning to share first is that it will help you realize where the actual gaps might be. So you can start to say, oh, actually, I have like an operational need here or I have an expertise need here. So if I do need to go seek help, which we always do, um, you know which help to go to first. It just it helps to kind of refine and and move that vision from the vision state into a plan. So that is what I highly recommend. I also just it, like when we say get it out of our heads, like literally get it out. <laughs> That's step one. Oh, wonderful. Here at Being Boss, we are all about being in it together, right? Saying mm-hmm. things uh, to the people around you, including your peers. I love that you're just like, tell your neighbor, like just tell somebody because I completely agree. Um, and I also love this additional piece of like, once you start sharing your vision, especially like if you're in a boss crowd, in my experience, there starts being some workshopping that happens even, or or like gentle nudges to fill in the blanks or really great questions around, well, you know, how does that feel like to you? Or, or what would it look for like for you to do that? Or why did you describe it in this way or whatever it may be that can take you deeper and further into it and start filling in the holes and fleshing it out? This is, um, this is one of my favorite techniques for, and I'd never really applied it necessarily for visioning, but just like big ideas that you have. Around here, we talk often um, about shitty ideas. (laughs) This idea that if you go into it, and this isn't necessarily the same, but I love the idea of everyone sort of applying this to the sharing. If you go into sharing something as like, this might be a shitty idea, then you sort of release this necessity for it to make sense right? For it to be a good idea, for it to be a great vision or whatever it may be. You can go into it with just this like, I'm just going to say this out loud and we'll see what happens. Um, Whenever you can go at sharing things like this with that almost flippantness of just like, I'm just going to say this thing and let's see what it like molds and grows into. Um, So much more potential comes out of it when you release yourself of that need for it to make sense or be right or you know, be clearly defined or whatever it may be. Absolutely. I think going into this with a spirit of play, of create creativity, of invention, of, of testing. um, And yeah, you know, putting that out there as the intention when you do share and just say, look, I've got this crazy thing that's forming in me. What do you think? I think that that's, that's a beautiful place. And I also think that's a beautiful place to begin selling from. So when we talk about just, you know, there's, here's the vision, the idea of, and I'm beginning to shape and hone this. I want to get some feedback. Is this, you know, is it my shitty idea? I don't know. What do you think? Um, and not letting that stop you from moving into like, you know, I'm going to actually go test this thing in the market. Like, what would it look like for me to try to, try to sell this thing now? You know, um, if it is, you know, something that's, that's uh, a sellable idea right now. Um, I think that um, that is another part of just not holding what feels what we feel curious about what we feel interested in putting out into the world not holding it as so precious that no one can <laughs> touch it or see it or give us feedback into it because you know that the creative process um it's collaborative i think at its best and so um that that includes customers yeah i also do love this idea that if you're not sharing it it's literally just staying inside of you it's not going anywhere it's not becoming reality it's just 
hanging out inside of you, it might fester, <laughs> right? <laughs> it might just dissolve and disappear. It might, like, who knows what would happen if you just kept it inside. But if you do share it, that is a great first step for making it happen. All right. What happens next, though? So you've shared it. Maybe you've workshopped it. Maybe yeah. it started as some shitty ideas and started turning <laughs> into really good ones. Um, what does it look like to to take it a step further? Yeah. So when I say step two is to sell, that's what I firmly believe. And and again, so I know that we also have folks who are listening who are like, no, but I actually sell, you know, um, artwork or, you know, tangible products. Um, and I will I will be. I will be transparent and say that I know a lot more about selling services than I do about selling products. But we have I have a lot of service principles... people too. It's all okay, applicable for both. <laughs> okay. But I do, yeah, I do think that there is some applicability across the board here, but I'm speaking from this context. Um, but then that, to be quick to take in what you've learned and to not wait for it to then become this perfect thing that you can then go and sell or implement in your business um, to get into testing mode. So we share and then we test. And I think that when we test, it, it doesn't need to be for free, right? I think that we can test and share. And I think this is also why it's so important to actually start from a place of vision in the first place, because you want to be bought into, you know, what you've dreamt up and, and just even, um, who you get to be in this sort of dreamy imaginative state about what, what you want and what you're trying to create through your work. And so it makes it a lot easier to show up in sales conversations where there's a thing that's like, this doesn't totally exist yet, but, <laughs> but, but I can engage with you from this place and we can allow our imaginations almost to sort of co-create and, um, and build. And I can sell you into, I can enroll you into the vision of what I see, um, from this place. And so I, I, I think that really beginning to test it in the marketplace. I don't think that you have to have anything, you know, again, there's lots of different business types listening in here, but you don't have to have anything fully crafted. All you need is really like, um, you know, what's the straw man version of this, right? That I can just, you know, I can share in, in a in a quick and scrappy way that is sellable through, you know, conversations or through imagery, however it is, however it is that you express um, and, and sell through your business. I think get it out there as well. Perfect. And I will say for the product side, this just looks like creating a prototype or your first batch or whatever it may be. Um, very similar. And um, I also want to look at this from this life side of the fence as well. If you are working on a vision of your life, what do you, what does it mean to like sell, right? Whenever <laughs> implementing a vision of your life? Yeah. Um, so I do think it's definitely important when you think about, um, I can give myself as an example, like enrolling my husband <laughs> into, you know, into, cause we, we go off into our, you know, respective, you know, he's an entrepreneur as well, but we go off into our respective businesses and our respective days just as individuals. And we think about people who are closest to us. Um, and oftentimes we're like, we're talking about things here and there, and, but, but sometimes you've gone, you've had this whole big revelatory moment and like something in you has actually shifted. You have changed. You now need to come back and bridge that gap and be like, hey, <laughs> by the way, whole new world here. Can I talk to you a little bit about this? And because then you create support for the process of then what that looks like to implement or what that looks like, you know, to, to make, uh, make more tangible in your life with the people who are closest to you. So whether it is your partner, whether it is, 
you know, your best friend or your even your business, you know, Bessie, the people who are already in place in your village that are there to support you, it's hard to support you when I don't know what you need support with because you're like on another planet. So like, bring me, <laughs> bring me over to where you are. Give me a, you know, a sense of what's going on for you and what, what curiosities or questions or fears or whatever you're sitting with. Um, and, and then you get, you get the support that you need to actually make whatever needs to happen next happen. Mm, I also love this for like very internal processes as well. Let's say you do live alone and you know, you want to change something about your life that isn't going to affect anyone but yourself, right? Or maybe you do, you know, have a kid and a partner and all these things. But again, what you're wanting to shift in your life is something that doesn't necessarily affect other people. Um, I can see some really powerful journaling practices coming mm-hmm. out of this as well. Selling yourself <laughs> even on yeah. why it is that you should be implementing things in your life to take you closer to your vision, whether it's, you know, waking up earlier in the morning or changing the way you're eating or how you're moving your body or how you're spending your time, whatever it may be. I could I could see some really, really powerful sort of internal conversation things happening. Um, I'm yeah, wondering how yeah. you feel about that. <laughs> So, so I definitely, I think there's like a deepening of our vision, like in terms of like, how do I like really steep myself into this thing and stay in communication? It's not like, Hey, to this visualization. Okay. Bye. Like, <laughs> I do think that this self-work that you're talking to, like continuing the self-contact and stay, keeping that communication with yourself going is important. But I will say I have a very like firm bias toward another human being invited. It doesn't matter if this person lives with you or whether the decisions that you've made have a direct impact on them. There's something that is impacted in the, in the dynamic of whoever you're in community with. And so, you know, as you, I know you've shared with, you know, your bosses, you all believe in like doing things together, never going it alone, whoever that person or those people are, whether it is like a business group that you belong to, um, or I don't know, whoever it is, you know, Find someone to invite into this because I think that human co-creation process, that human to human experience, it just, it breathes life into this thing in a way that um, we just can't totally always do for ourselves. And it will impact then, you know, what you bring to your journal, you know, in, you know, the next day or whatever. So um, that's all I would add. Oh, love it. So both and. Both and. Both and. <laughs> Listen, boss, whether you're hiring your first or your 50th employee, I know that running payroll, calculating taxes, deductions, compliance is not easy. That is, of course, unless you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits platform for small businesses like you and like me, because I use it too. Gusto automatically files your payroll taxes and directly deposits your team's pay. Plus, you can easily offer all kinds of benefits, including 401ks, health insurance, workers' comp, and more. It's the kind of tool that not only makes you a good boss, but a good boss, if you get what I'm saying. Sign up now and get three months free after you run your first payroll when you go to gusto.com slash beingboss. That's gusto.com slash beingboss. Love it. Oh, this is this is such good, such good stuff. I'm wondering if during this process, if you can share the blocks that you usually find people coming up against, because oftentimes there's like these key points where people get stuck or have a hard time moving forward or decide to backtrack or whatever it may be when it comes to 
committing yourself to a vision, and maybe that's not the right word because we actually talked about how that could be scary sometimes. <laughs> um, but where do you often see the roadblocks or where are people messing up that we should be aware of as we do some of this visioning work? Yeah. So um, I do think, again, creating like the separation between vision and plan set, like setting plans is is important to just remind yourself, okay, I'm not like, we're not at the planning stage yet and that that's okay. Like we can get to that point when we're ready and, and, to, and to give yourself permission if you need a little extra space for like, oh, I'm not ready to lay plans just yet. What else do I want to see? Um, and who else do I want to like feel into being as I'm vision building right now or vision, you know, uh, connecting, I guess is a better word. Um, <clears throat> so there's that. But I also think that, um, the last piece of advice I gave around enrolling community into your process and like this and that sharing component, that is also the accountability that we need to commit ourselves, air quotes, uh, to connecting with our vision. Um, it's all around us. <laughs> it's in the relationships that we hold. Like I, there are these really fundamental elements, I think, to like just moving ourselves forward in anything in life. And in community and relationship is one of the most motivating factors. If we can make sure that we're tapping into that variable of our life, again, never isolating yourself in this process. That, that is, that is a huge mistake. I think a lot of entrepreneurs make because, you know, sometimes again, the vision kind of reveals itself to you and you're like, Oh, there's this thing or these things that I'm seeing that I want, that I want to move towards. Oh, that's scary. Oh, why do I feel scared? I don't know if I can do this. Here comes the shame monster. And then, and then you isolate and, and it's like, no, 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 no. That is the exact time that you need to invite in support. This is also why I like, I hire coaches. Why I'm a coach this is why you actually can get paid help for someone who will hold you accountability to hold you accountable to your to your dreams, to your vision, right? Um, but I think that that is one of the easiest ways to rise to the occasion is to have the accountability and the support of community who actually know that this is what you're grappling with, this is what you're thinking about, and can ask you about it, can support you with it. That's like it's just one of the most powerful things that you can do. Um, I also do think that committing yourself to a test through that accountability. So and not just being like, Hey, I've got this thing. I want to put it out there. I'm also putting out there. This is my intention for what I'm going to do with it. This is the test, you know, getting some feedback now, actually having shared about this. This is the first test I want. Can you hold me accountable to that? Can we check in afterwards? Will you check on me <laughs> after this date? You know, um, I think the accountability piece and just being witnessed through the process is incredibly, incredibly critical. Yes, I can second that for sure. As you're saying all these things, I'm thinking of multiple situations in the Being Boss community over the past couple of years where I've watched bosses show up, share the thing that they want to do. There's like accountability happening all along the way within the space of, um, within that space of people who get the kinds of things that we do mm. and watch them do the thing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to witness that. But I also know that sometimes that first step of just showing up um, can be so difficult for people. So if anyone is feeling it, being boss community, <laughs> being boss.club slash community, come share the thing for sure. Um, we have, you know, Monday meetups where I can think of again, multiple situations where I've had, I've watched bosses take this exact same journey. And if that, if like showing up in those spaces with people is the, is the hard thing, then one, we got some easy help. And two, is that all we got? Because <laughs> if that's it, y'all, we've got this. <laughs> 
totally got yeah. this. But I do understand that. Um, I do understand that, especially I, I hear this often from, is, well, I will say, especially creatives, but also especially business owners. Mm. Because I often hear that people who identify with one or both of those right have sometimes have a hard time sharing their vision with their partner or with their friends that don't understand what they're doing or with other family members who don't quite connect and there's this like fear of rejection maybe or you know mm-hmm. fear of shame or whatever that keeps them from doing that if that's where you are finding your blog i cannot express enough how important it is to find people with whom you feel you have the connection that enables you to share these things. Um, Because I feel like sometimes it's not even the block isn't even showing up. It's that you don't you don't feel like you have the right people to show up to. So find your people. Yes, yes. Um, I would second that all day. Community is vital. Like you're just not going to do this thing alone. I don't I don't know any successful entrepreneur who has truly you know, there's like bootstrapping kind of, you know, mythical stories out there. It's not real. No one is doing this alone. And finding that aligned community, people who do get it, because this, again, you know, as we, I was talking about earlier, knowing where, what state you're in and knowing what what the relationship is and if this person's really going to get it, you know, the, the, my parents still don't totally understand what I do <laughs> for a living, right? And so, you know, expecting that of a relationship or of people who are just like, eh, the, the context is just so different, uh, you know, it's just... It's just not going to happen. And so, yeah, really committing yourself and being, I think, relentless about finding that community is critical. I think it's the best investment you can make in yourself and your future success. 100%. For sure. Oh, Monique, this has been fantastic. Are there any other pieces that you feel the need to share about (sighs) capturing, I guess, maybe accessing, capturing, defining, and pursuing your vision? Yeah. So I'm I'm hanging on to the word capture. And I think one thing I will say is to um as as folks who are, you know, like just creative thinkers and creative problem solvers and and create tours, um, there's probably something that you've learned about yourself and your unique perspective and also like how you're activated in in a way. So when we talked about like tools, um, things like, you know, the vision board, like this, those things have a place. So now that you've spent a little bit of work with this self-contact, and again, you're in community and actually sharing about it, what are some of the tools that actually work best for you? Um I talk to myself. <laughs> I used to express myself a lot through written word, um, and that shifted over time. I I realized I'm I'm a lot more just in tune with myself if I'm speaking to myself. So I have this app. It's called the Otter app. O T T E R. Um, if anyone's not familiar with it already, and it transcribes your audio. And I just like I'll just like tap it when I'm driving, when I get like the best thoughts, uh, or if I'm just reflecting on you know things that you know maybe visions or. Um, ideas that I have and making sure that I'm capturing it in a way that actually that speaks, you know, your language. So, you know, I also am visually anchored. So doing the things like the, like the, um, the vision board or having a journaling practice, but, but not trying to force it into something because you see it on the internet, because that's the way other folks do it. You know, for instance, I started a newsletter and I realized again, with this writing thing, it takes me way too long to express myself with written word. I like written word. I like to write, but it's like a long, it's like, I need to save that for when it's time to write like the novel of my life or something. Like I don't have it for 
her every <laughs> every week or two to write something. So I was like, okay, I'm going to create this thing called an audio newsletter. And so I the, the first very scrappy version of it was like an upload into Dropbox and, you know, and audio like auto recording the link over it for people to listen to this week's episode of my audio newsletter because I also didn't at the time know I wanted to if I wanted to commit myself to a podcast. So that's just an example of working with yourself and and being like having no shame and acknowledging like this is the way I need to express myself this is the way I need to be in process with myself um and and to and to and to do that thing to do that thing to put your vision place it through the medium that actually makes sense for you where you feel most connected and it feels most easeful yeah there you go everyone some permission i feel like morning pages is the go to right everyone's like okay you need mm. to do some morning right journal Write it down. But I love that you're like, no, do it in whatever format you need to, but Mm -hmm. do it. But do it. (laughs) For sure. You could tap dance it out. It doesn't matter. Just do it. (laughs) Morse code? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever floats your boat. Some interesting opportunities there. Creatives have at that. (laughs) I love it. No, I think that is, I think that's a, that's a wonderful, a wonderful tip. And again, I completely agree with that. One of the things we talk about here often is, you know, you can't own who you are if you don't know who you are. Yes. I love that. (laughs) So there, There is a lot of sort of self-awareness that has to be gained that, I mean, will make you a better creative for sure. It'll make you a better business owner for sure, but it's also just going to make you a better version of yourself, right? When you can more easily connect with that vision because you sort of get all the, um, you like shake all the dust off, I guess. That's sort of what I'm envisioning in my head. You like dust it off, right? You get down (laughs) to the core of who you are and, you know what it is that you want out of this life and this work that you've chosen for yourself, um, the faster you're going to be able to just walk your little feet right towards it. Absolutely. It's already there. I love that, that, um, that, that positioning of it. It's already there. You have to, you know, dust the cobwebs off or peel back the layers or whatever, but it's already there. There's nothing, there's nothing lacking in you. There's nothing missing from you. It's there. You just got to give it some space to breathe. Yes. I also love that there is this permission to you to sort of release this idea of minutely defining every little thing because so many of us do not call things in that way or move forward in that way, however it is that you want to think about it. But this idea of just like, just get quiet, tap in, focus on what feels great and mm-hmm. move towards that. Yes. Yes. And for the women listening, I think in particular, um, we have such training, so much, so, so much socializing to not be attuned to what pleases us and what does feel good to us. And so there's a lot of unlearning and retraining here. And so the fullest permission that you can give yourself to be in that, it's really, really important. Oh, for sure. Monique, this has been a treat. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all of this with us. I think you've definitely given us all something to think about when it comes to thinking about how we envision our work in life. I'm wondering where can people find more about you and what you do? Yes. Well, actually, the easiest way to connect with me right now is on Instagram. I'm just at Monique R. Shields. And, um, yeah, for everything kind of flows from there right now. I'll be more active on LinkedIn and things like that soon, but that's the best place to find me. Perfect. And your website? My website is sevenpinesleadership.com. And are you working on anything cool these days? I am. I alluded to it quickly earlier, but I have 
a program that I'm, I feel um, incredibly purposed and excited about. Um, it is a, a program called Compelled, and it is about helping moms of color in particular exit their six-figure corporate jobs to launch their first service-based business within six to 12 months and to do so without compromising their financial stability. So you can also you know, message me on uh, Instagram or wherever, and I can share more about that if you'd like. Perfect. That sounds amazing. My final question for you then is, what's making you feel most boss? Uh, I've just come out of a winter season, which is a, a moment that I took to myself a couple of months to like kind of slow it all the way down. And now I'm in spring and I'm planting all of these seeds and like the amount of like yeses I get to say. And honestly, just like the amount of opportunities that are coming my way just to say yes. Um, that's making me feel like a boss, having submitted to that season so that I can be in the season I'm in right now. Oh, that is wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. Congratulations on taking that time for yourself. And then you. another congratulations for coming out and having things blooming all around you. Yes. Thank you. Of course. And Monique, this has been a treat. Thank you so much for coming and sharing this conversation with me. Thank you so much, Emily. It has been a pleasure. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being your own boss, but it's likely that trying to figure out your financials on your own isn't one of those things. Luckily, there's FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like you. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices to organizing expenses and managing online payments, and automates and simplifies them, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. Just think, what would you do with an additional 11 hours a week? Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter beingboss in the how did you hear about us section. And until next time, do the work, be boss. Yeah.